right, well, welcome back to another episode of Loosely Speaking. I am your host, Dave Loosely, and this show is a real exciting one for me. For those who know me know that I love magic. I love to create different ideas and play around with some classics as well. And this week's guest is an incredibly creative magician. Uh, for such a young age, Tom has accomplished so much in his career already. Uh, I even get him on this episode to try and create a trick while you're listening, throwing some random objects at him, uh, and he does it. So you're really in for a great treat here with this episode. If you haven't done so already, of course, uh, like and subscribe in all the usual places, uh, but ultimately enjoy this episode. This is Loosely Speaking with Tom Elderfield. So I am joined by Tom Elderfield. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, mate. It's, uh, oh, I was going to say good to see you again, but I can't see you. I can hear you, though. <laughs> <laughs> you can. It's good to chat. It's good to chat, you know. Um, and these, these podcasts, as I always say, give me a great opportunity to catch up with my friends. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to have you on. We've got loads to talk about, uh, some of which you don't know what I'm about to say, so this will be fun. Uh, but just for the people... Uh, who have never heard of Tom Elderfield always start with a, a section called Bored in 60 Seconds. So this just literally, uh, in, you're going to tell me how you got into magic, right? So right. a lot of people get into it the same way with a magic set. That's why I only give 60 seconds. But how did Tom Elderfield get started in magic? Good question, and I will do it in 60 seconds. Okay, let's do this. Uh, I know it's a bit of a cliche story, but my granddad used to do magic. But sadly, he passed away when I was really young. Like, I, I don't even remember him doing magic. So in a weird way, he actually inspired me to do magic despite not even being here. Because what happened was when I was about 13, I found some of his old magic when we were cleaning out our attic. And it was a, it was a cool trick where you take a, a black box, you put it on your head, you spin it three times and your head would disappear. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not that great now looking at it now. But at the time, I found it really cool. Uh, and so I, from that moment, I sort of looked up what is this magic stuff and learned a few tricks. And as a kid who was really into their drama at school, uh, I, I went into school with a, a quick trick and I remember the reaction. And I think that's when the magic bite got me. I think, I think we all remember our first reaction. I certainly remember mine. It was in the corridor at school and Max, it was a, guy, a kid called Max. It was one of the cool kids. I wasn't a cool kid. He went, whoa, he ran into the classroom, called other kids out. Oh, this was during a lunch break, by the way, you'd hang out in the classrooms. And uh, then everyone literally came out and I was like, oh my gosh, my ego is loving this. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, 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 yeah, that was it. That was it. It was that hobby that then didn't die out. It came a livelihood. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. So just to touch on something you said there. So uh, performing arts, you know, we hear this amongst magicians uh, and I'm the same, you know, I've got a background in performing arts and I really think that it, it helps when it comes to the performance of magic. So uh, how has that helped you? Do you, you know, stage presence, all that sort of stuff. What do you draw from your performing arts sort of teaching? I, I, I honestly believe I owe it all pretty much to the performing arts. I, I used to do so much drama when I was a kid. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but when I was really young, I used to perform in the West End for a year of my life as a little kid uh, at Theatre Royal Jury Lane. And you, you just learn so much being on stage every single day. And one of the main things we used to do, uh, we used to do, at the theatre but also I used to do it in my drama classes is improv and I fully believe you could tell the difference between a magician who has done improv classes and who hasn't because it's all about that quick thinking on their feet when something goes wrong or when something goes right how to make it even more powerful you know 
And mm. so to, to me, I, my whole performance is fully around thanks to the performing arts. I, I, yeah, I, I, I owe it all to it. And I think it's so important. That's but, really cool. And you were in Oliver, right? Yes, that was the show. That was the show. I used to be Little Oliver with uh, Rowan Atkinson was Fagan. And uh, there was a really cool times, really cool times. And uh, I, rem- I remember I used to have to leave school on Wednesdays because Wednesdays was the matinee day. And my friends got really jealous because I used to have to get to bunk off school. But, but legally, used to bunk off school legally. I never used to bunk off as a kid. I wasn't a cool kid. I was really scared <laughs> to do that. Uh, bunk but, off with mum's permission. Exactly. Yeah. Bunk <laughs> off, my mum's there to pick me up. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it was great fun. You, you used to do like a couple of shows a day. And it really was a, a phenomenal experience walking out to, it was two and a half thousand people every show. And overall I did uh, over well over a hundred shows and yeah, it was phenomenal. It was good time. Wow. You can't put a price on that, uh, you know, stage time. And I, from doing all of that, you must have, uh, you know, you're talking about improv. Were there any points where you were like, you forgot your lines or you had to improv uh, in that show? Uh, there, there were a few. There was a few moments. Yeah, there, there was like, I mean, there'll be like really basic, simple things such as like props not being there or right. props being dropped or like. There's in fact, there's one thing. One of my things was a balloon, and like there was bits where like I remember once I was given the balloon, and then the balloon came off the string, and I was just holding a bit of string, and so. <laughs> but then I was meant to be like a kid having fun at a fun fair, so then I started doing like some sort of fake cat's cradle with the <laughs> string to try and make it still look like I was playing the game it was really weird oh, but it, it's but even though that's like the littlest thing like I know that seems like ridiculous like you're taking a bit of string you're doing a, a fake cat's cradle thing I don't even know how to do them by the way I've just I've known I'd seen them right. but just that little thing makes a difference to someone that would would just stand there with the dangle bit of string you know and yeah. I, I think that I mean it was just because it, it just didn't phase you being on stage because you'd done it so much. And I think it just made a, a, a big difference, certainly, 100%. Oh, brilliant. And it's the same if you're performing magic on stage, you know, and a, a prop isn't there or a prop breaks, you know, you have to, you've got no choice but to go with it on the spot and, and uh, yeah, and get out of it. So let's, uh, let's go forward a little bit because this is where I kind of first met you was at the Young Magicians Club, which for overseas listeners, it, it takes place at the magic circle it's at the youth initiative there and um yeah you jumped out to me straight away from a very young age creating magic and and having your own original stamp on it um so tell us a bit about the ymc process for you oh it it was brilliant so i joined ymc when i was i i believe i just turned 15 and basically yeah you you would go it was one sunday every month and you would get three classes from three uh, top magicians from the main magic circle and uh, you also had this opportunity every month to take part of member of the month and there was like a little it was really not too serious but just a bit of fun competition and I remember like I, I used to take part in them I didn't used to win them a lot to be honest. I, I, I think I won once over all the time I was there but um, I remember them being good fun and I also do remember when I first met you because I remember the first class that I did with you it was, um, oh my word, I can't, I can't remember the name of the trick. It's the one where you divide a playing card up into nine pieces, you rip the middle part out so you're holding it, and so the spectator stays holding it, and then it inverts itself, turns inside out. But then yeah. I remember you did a thing, and I, I remember it got me when you first did it, where you then like healed up where you had ripped, and it then fused back into a normal card. Yes. You remember that? Yeah. I, um, 
I, I remember that very clearly. And uh, it, was, it was those little things like, and, and that was that, that was, you were saying, oh, this is a classic trick. And you would learn that, but then you would learn like the little addition to it that like sort of modernizes it or like just adds a little thing. And it was those sort of things, I think, that really started to spark my creativity, especially, and also Angelo Carbone came in quite a lot. Uh, and I remember I literally loved that man. I thought he was absolutely awesome. And he did like creativity classes and yeah, ma, YMC days, good, good times, good times. Uh, thanks a lot to YMC and everyone that runs it and does everything there, Kevin Doing and everyone. So really appreciate it, yeah. No, it's, yeah, as I say, I remember seeing you there. And I think one of the products that um, you released was was stuff with bubble gum um, yes. and chewing gum. And uh, I remember seeing you do that. Was it in a competition or? Yes. So, so, so I am um, so very lucky when I was like 17, I started to like jam a shin and got to know the Murphy's team. And they were all really nice, really supportive. And that's when I, yeah, I did that. I did a chewing gum project. It was called Influx with uh, literally, it's like an encyclopedia of chewing gum tricks because that didn't really exist. There was one other DVD called Sticky, which was my mate, Ollie Smith. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically, I, 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 the way I've become creative, I sometimes like to just focus on one item. And so I literally bought hundreds, I remember hundreds of packs of gum. And I was just making anything and everything I can with it. And so then... <laughs> When it was all out, I then, yeah, what you remember was, um, it was from J-Day, the young close-up magician yeah. of the year. And I opened up with my uh, color-changing gum routine. And then that, that went into like a color-changing deck routine that went into ultra gum where the corner was in the gum packet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, oh, I did do that. I, I was trying to add some nice visuals in there. And it worked. I mean, it worked. I mean, it I don't did. have to brag, but I won. <laughs> that's, that's good for me. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it, it was more as well, because I remember it very um, clearly, you know, it, it was more than just uh, you picked a bunch of tricks, you know, everything flowed, the story made sense. And right from that point, I was like, yeah, you know, this guy gets it, he gets how to put a, a competition out together, how to perform. Um, and yeah, I think you, you kind of, from there, when your tricks then started coming out, was for me, when you really made a big hit in, in the magic world, you know. Um, mm. No, really cool. And so you do have a lot of products coming out. And just for people that, again, your name is new to them. And that's what I want to do on this podcast as well, is introduce musicians that maybe some people haven't heard of. Um, you know, you are an incredibly creative magician. So for people that haven't heard of Tom, check out his stuff. He's got lots of products out there, a prolific creator. Um, and you've got stuff out with Illusionist, um, mm. You've also, uh, I had the pleasure of presenting you at the table. So oh, that was phenomenal, wasn't that? That was good fun. It was uh, fun, mate. I really enjoyed that. Um, I actually watched it the other day as well in preparation for this. And you just your enthusiasm, your excitement for creating magic is, is awesome to watch. And it's infectious. So let's get on to creating magic. You know, it's yeah. thrown around in the magic industry again a lot. And everyone has their way of doing it. Uh, but mm. where do you start? when you're when you're creating a trick um so i i think the best way to start is like, i'm saying this because i've worked for quite a lot of magicians i've worked for a lot of companies when they go to you and they literally say create a trick mm. and i'm telling you now that is the hardest thing in the world if someone says just create a trick it's it's near impossible yeah. uh, i honestly believe that so what you have to do is if, if you're put in those situations you need to really set yourself limitations and the more you limit yourself down the more creative you become and so if we were to say, create a trick now, you'd just be like, oh, uh, where do I start? 
Whereas if I said, ah, I want you to create a trick with a pizza with a, in a pizza hut environment where you're serving it from the takeaway delivery stand, like, and then it just sort of limits yourself down because then you can start making notes of every single thing that's in there, such as pizza, pizza boxes, cheese, tomatoes, pepperonis, uh, pizza cutters. And then once you've got your objects, then when you've like narrowed yourself down, then I think it's a lot easier to become creative. In, in, in my eyes, this is how I've personally done it a lot in the past. It's, it's helped a lot. That's, that's my number one tip. If you want to create a trick, limit yourself. And uh, also, if you want to create a trick, I, I think a, a reason loads of magicians feel like they're not creative is because they always try to create a card trick first. Because obviously that seems like, that seems like the right thing to do. However, I feel like there's so many card tricks. The, what's going to happen is you're going to create a card trick then someone's going to say, oh, that's been done before. And you're going to get really demotivated because I, I remember that happened to me and it makes you feel like, oh, but however, if it's been done before, that means you're doing it right. You've done something right. Okay. And yeah. so I'd recommend trying to find objects that maybe are more modern. That's why I've done projects with headphones, projects with chewing gum is because I know the history on them are very limited and that there's a lot to be created there. Um, so that, that, that'd be my tip. Like if you want to try and, get creative maybe, maybe get away from cards for a bit and just and just yeah like limit yourself down that that would be uh that'd be my tips that's good tips and do you think that uh the particular platform uh changes how you create so let's say you're you're going to do something on instagram uh is that a different process to if you're going to uh, create something for a magician that's going on tour oh 100 100 percent, of course because yeah, when you're uh, when you're creating for Instagram, you've got uh, you've got one set camera, as it were, and you could play around with those angles because, of course, we know there's angle sensitive tricks that you could play with. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, when you're creating a trick that goes on a big stage in front of thousands of people, you know that those angles are a lot lot harder to control. However, you've also got other pros of being on stage, such as higher budgets and maybe some some stronger environment control when you can like set your stage exactly how you want it. And that, that can help in other ways. So of course, the environment is like, yeah, super important, super important and completely, it's a completely different type of magic depending on what you're creating for. But again, that, that's sort of part of the setting the limitations. So when you say, oh, I wanna do it in a pizza place and the camera is going to be at this exact angle and I'm gonna do it for a camera. Whereas if you say, oh, but my spectator and they're gonna be standing there, then, then you've set yourself two new, new limitations as they were, of where your angle sensitivity is and that can can sometimes can also make it harder but can sometimes help the creative uh, that's great man and you know i, I mentioned uh, instagram you've got a great following you've got eighteen point six thousand followers on instagram and you know you, your content's very uh, again original creative also it, it's quick you know it's eye-catching um, mm. So my question to you is for people that maybe just have a few followers and want to build, you know, their, their platform and build their followers. What's the best way to go about doing that? So do, I, I get asked this by quite a lot of young magicians because it seems to be the thing these days that you want to, you, you want to become social media famous because that is a job. I totally get it. It's totally a job. I mean, I've worked, I've worked with quite a few of them. And um, sure. uh, however, when it came to me doing social media, I, my aim was never to be social media famous. That was, that was, not, that was not my thing. I, I did it because first of all, it was because I just had some 
cool videos and stuff that I just wanted to share, mostly for my mates, because I was like, look at this, I can make a pizza up here in a pizza box. Notice I talk about pizza a lot, guys. Uh, yeah. I think I just love, I just love pizza. Um, but the, the, the overall aim of that was to get work. And it was to, I was literally, I was looking at who was following me, but out of those 18,000, in the, in the plight as well, there was 10 that I really wanted to follow me. And when they followed me, I was like, good. These are the people that I want to make sure they're seeing my work because these are like potential employers and all that jazz. And it worked. It, it ended up working. That's how I ended up getting my uh, jobs with the magicians I work with. Mm. Um, so, but however, I, I get you need to gain a following first. My, my tip for that is you, you just need to create super, super unique tricks. I, I was quite lucky that when I came onto the platform, the, the only magicians really doing tricks on there were uh, Rory Adams, Caleb Morelli, a guy called Felix, and, and Shin. In fact, I got Shin into Instagram. We were talking over Skype. I was like, mate, you need to get on this platform. And yeah. uh, he did. And when, uh, the, when we were creating Instagram tricks, they were all very original tricks. You weren't, none of us were posting other people's effects, yeah. if you get what I'm saying. We were all posting unique new tricks. So it's very easy for us to get followers because whenever someone saw magic they would follow because they knew we were creating unique content however now you're competing with loads of magicians just performing because of course they've got maybe their own clients that they want to impress they're not performing their own tricks they're performing uh, uh sold released tricks and yeah. so it's it the creative people get hidden among all this now i feel i feel it's very hard to break through past watching someone pull a straw out of a bag you know yeah and so my only tip would be is, again, jump away from cards, I'd say, if you want to do social media stuff. It's okay to do a card thing when you've gained the following or if it's super, super unique. But otherwise, try and do stuff that would stop someone scrolling a lot quicker. Like, if you saw someone holding a deck of cards on a close-up mat, I'm telling you now, uh, uh, unless you grab my attention within three seconds, maybe less than that, I'm not going to lie, maybe two or one second, I'm scrolling. Uh, because I'm like, oh, it's another... It's another card trick. It's another turning the aces. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, I'm, 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 it's not that I don't love it. I do. But I've seen a lot of that today. I've seen a yeah. lot of it. Where are you talking about the thumbnail? Like what catches Yeah, the, the, the thumbnail. And also, like, remember, like, when you scroll for Instagram, you're scrolling far. It's very easy to scroll rather than just stop. And so if I saw someone, I don't know, holding a shoe to their ear and a panda in their hands, like a, a toy panda, and they've got a pair of shorts on their head, uh, I'm watching that. You're stopping, yeah. I'm watching that. I'm like, what? Hang on, what? Yeah. Hang on a sec. The panda's vanished and it's appeared inside the shorts. What? <laughs> no, I'm watching that again. And do what? Yeah. It's those sort of eye-catching moments I think really help. And if those of you who haven't seen my Instagram, because I, uh, I, I am very much into my Instagram. I just love it. I find it good fun. You so how can they that. follow you, Tom? Sorry? Where can they follow you? Oh, uh, at Tom Elderfield. It's, it's my name. Uh, and uh, and basically, if you, if you look through, you see there aren't many tricks with cards. There's a lot of like we, I do stuff with like wine glasses. I've done stuff with wraps. I did a self wrapping wrap because I, I I even feel like when you're scrolling to that, it, it's just more eye catching. I do do a few card tricks on there. However, I do feel that especially at the time I was putting them out there, they were very unique and quick to catch your attention. Like I did one where there was a spread deck of cards and it just suddenly changed. And at the time, no one was doing that. No, no one. And then it like grabbed your attention instantly. Um, whereas a long routine where you like take a card and lay this down. There, I, I, I do think very quick, we've got very short attention spans, my generation. And I apologize for that. I really do apologize. But we just need to adapt to it. Just need to adapt to it. 
Well, looking down your uh, Instagram, it's something that you've kind of, uh, it become to me your brand. You know, I was looking for the doodle, the picture that you just doodled of yeah. the effect as your, um, as your thumbnail. Yeah, mm. so that, that to me, and I, I see that, you know, more recently it doesn't have that, but yeah. that was something that I identified with you straight away. So as soon as I saw this picture, which you've drawn, I was like, mm. you know, it was a very simple picture, but it told you pretty much what was going to happen. And then yeah. you say to watch and find out, you know. Um, yeah, I, 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 had really good, I had good logic for that. And that was because all of those videos that you see that there's a thumbnail. So for those, because of course, what it is, it's a, the thumbnail is the initial image that you see. And what it is, it's, it's as if it was like you're looking at my sketchbook of me coming up with the idea. And the reason that's there is all of those tricks have been re-uploaded. All of them I had uploaded like a couple of years beforehand. And the idea was I was trying to just be like a kid that just has powers. That's it. I'm mm -hmm. a kid. And all of a sudden there's a dove in the shower with me. Uh, and it's all just meant to be good, lighthearted fun. And there was... And I realized that like my work was picking up. I was like, how can I get more work from this? I was like, right, I really need to give the image that I'm a, I'm a consultant. I'm not, I, I am a performer, but I am a creative and I'm coming up with these ideas because the amount of magicians that will comment saying, where can I buy this trick? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you can't. Um, so what I did, I, the idea behind this was all of these are the exact same clips as I uploaded before. But I thought if I show like a creative book, then magicians that look at this, they will go, oh, he's coming up with all of these ideas. And yeah. hopefully that would lead to more work. And that was the, that was the thought process behind that. Very smart. Yeah, really smart. So uh, if you haven't seen these, uh, our listeners head over onto Instagram, take a look. Um, you're going to have a fun uh, few hours just flicking through and seeing some of these effects. I mean, yeah, even the names on them, uh, mm. we got, uh, let's have a look here. Uh, Rubik's Cube mix up online delivery. Fruit yep. ornament, ping pong, appear, you know, all these things that are not, like you said, not cards and straight away get your intrigue. Mm. Self self uh self completing exam paper. That that shows the time I was doing this. I was doing this doing this to my GCSEs and A levels and it was an exam paper. But basically I remember I, I wasn't a big fan of business uh doing the exams. And so my motivation to do it was I built a gimmicked exam uh, paper thing that you print off yourself and uh and I made it into a trick. So I forced myself to do the work because, of course, when you flick through, it's empty. And then, of course, it's using just a simple spend like idea. But I think it was just quite interesting the way to do it in an exam paper. I was like, I'm in the middle of exam. Boom, I've completed it. Yeah. But um, also, my teacher did exam that paper afterwards. <laughs> I handed that in. I said, sorry, every other page is useless. Ignore that. But just fill, fill out the, uh, just mark the answers. Brilliant. So she was like, right, okay, you weirdo. I was like, yep, thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> And then uh, one last one, Turkey Trouble. I mean, that's... Uh... Oh, that's... I was so proud of that. that that's, <laughs> I'll be honest, that is. that's when the method's better than the trick sometimes, I'll be honest. But uh, yeah, that was a good fun. It's not even a turkey, to be honest with you. I was a kid. I couldn't afford a turkey. Turkeys were expensive. That was a chicken. It cost me three pounds. But I lied and said it was a turkey because it was Christmas. Just for those who haven't seen it, what, what was the effect, Tom? Oh, so I, I'm a, it, I, I recorded it before Christmas Day, but I literally uploaded it on Christmas Day, 2015. I remember the year and everything. And, uh, and basically, I showed a burnt turkey. And so I was there like, oh, no, I burnt the turkey and it's Christmas Day. And then I put it back in the oven and I say, let's use some Christmas magic. Click a few fingers. I'm a bit weird, but hey, it's all good fun. And then I opened the oven again and the turkey's now unburnt itself. So it's like 
reverse burnt itself. It's now perfectly golden rather than black and burnt. And uh, then you could eat, well, you can't actually eat it. I mean, you'll probably die if you ate that one. But the trick looked great. So yeah, that's what's important. <laughs> great, man. So just sort of heading down this route just to a little bit more. Um, there's, a, there's been a new project I've seen. I think we're on episode, or well, I don't know what episode you're on, actually. The last one I saw was episode five. But uh, it's called Out of the Box. Mm. Oh yeah, we've sort of uh, we've put a pause to that. Basically, yeah. Oh, that was good fun. That was really good fun. So um, that was actually Rory Adams' idea. He said to me, "Look, if uh, do you want to start a little series on the Nobody Knows page? Nobody Knows, by the way, for those of you who don't know, it's a little magic company set up by my friends uh, who do like watches that predict time and stuff. They're really cool. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, he, he said, do you want to do a little thing where we send you a random object in the post? I genuinely don't know what it is. You open it on camera, so we get your original reaction." You then write up the ideas, you then try it out and then try and create a trick with it. And I was like, we're in the middle of lockdown. Uh, I've lost all my work. Yeah, let's go for it. And so yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, we did five episodes of that, but then our work started to pick itself back up. So we just, we just haven't had time because uh, although like we're hitting the end of the um, lockdown at the moment, we've uh, started pre-production on a couple of shows now because of course they want to get ready to start filming as soon as we're out of this. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was a fun little project that... Uh, it sort of showed exactly what my 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 job is uh, in a way. Like they mm -hmm. get, I get given random objects, and they say, "Right, we need to create some magic with this." Good luck, and then uh, it yeah. was great. It really was great. I always oh. look forward to um, you know watching the next episode, but also the way that you filmed it. It wasn't just here's the here's what I need to do, and here's a trick. You had the fun in between of you almost you know your brainstorming almost being seen, if that made sense. Yeah. yeah. Great. No, you, 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 that was the, the uh, not, not, you don't really get to see often like magicians actually create a trick, you just see the final product. But uh, I, I think what was good about it, you actually got to see that it wasn't always easy. Like, I, I, I was having to hit my head about things and I had to think about things. And of course, during a lockdown, it's a lot harder to get supplies to build certain stuff. And so I had to like improvise some, some things. And yeah, but yeah, it was good fun, it was really good fun. Brilliant. And so I'm going to throw you right on the spot now, Tom, because uh, oh. I thought it'd be really cool. Um, <laughs> either will or won't work. If it doesn't work, I, I'll edit, in which case listeners won't even have heard this. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw some random objects at you and we're just going to see if we can jump into Tom Elderfield's mind as to where you run trying to create oh, a trick. Right. Let's hope uh, there's no future employers listening to this. Oh God. Uh, okay. <laughs> so lots of pressure, but no pressure because you know it, this is just a bit of fun, and I'm here to uh, chime in with whatever I may have. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, the items I'm going to give you are as follows. Right. So pencils. Okay. An eraser. Coin and a bank card, okay? And I had the idea of the place being the bank, so you're in the bank at this point. But, oh, um, yeah, so pencils, eraser, coin, and bank card. So straight away, uh, where does your head go with that? With each, each of these items, okay, 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 right. So you're in, you're in a bank, you've got the pencils, you've got the bank card. So sorry, so I've done a trick in a bank before with a Barclays, do you know Barclays give out the free pens? So I've done it where I've received my bank statement out of the wall and I've put it inside that and I crushed it, made the pen vanish, you know, like the classic vanishing pen. Right. It sort of made a little bit of sense, like I'd borrowed it. With the bank card and eraser, I like the idea of you maybe having the numbers change as you erase across it to try and fraud someone's card. Or maybe, of course, the classic thing would be really nice if you just held the bank card and dropped the coin 
on top of the bank card and it's sort of like it got uh what's it deposited as it were nice. and, uh, yeah yeah no that's great i, I mean, wonder if you, yeah I, I mean should we wait do we just keep going to how long keep going you? yeah i mean uh you haven't got to use them all together you could use them and add oh. objects it's up to you um but yeah i like the idea of that. i think it'd be really funny as well if you're filming something and someone's uh written a check to deposit a check uh, hmm. and, and you just take the rubber you don't even touch it you just hold it in front of what they've written and you just sort of bring it over the top of it and either the value changes of what they've written or it all di it disappears or something mm. um could be yeah, a, could be a yeah nice even thing. even the idea of taking a 50p coin taking a pen uh, the rubber and rubbing off the zero being like that's now 5p coin isn't it and yeah. then like it then can shrink down into a 5p or something crazy like that or yeah. you no know, I, I just when, whenever you're in a bank is i think the first thing that comes to mind is that you want to um you want to have that emotion with the per person you're performing for. And the best way to do that is to mess around with their money. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're doing some of their money, you, you're, you're going to get reaction out of them. So whether that be, you take their bank statement and let's say, say, Oh, what have you got in your bank? You're 52 pounds. Oh, tell you what, did you know, if you take your bank statement and raise out 52 pounds, don't worry. And we'll draw, how much do you want? hundred quid. You could have said anything and you said a hundred pounds. You could have literally said any amount, but you said a hundred pounds, uh, draw it on with a pencil. There we go. And you scrunch it up and it vanishes and you say, look, check your bank account. And then they've got hundred quid in there. Then those oh. sort of a little emotional thing. I mean, you could go the opposite way. You could, you could take 52 pounds. Let me go with Rob off and they'll, and now they've got five pounds 20. That they'll be even more angry. Uh, so what we've done there, you've created um, the, the plot, the premise there. And then you would now go back to the beginning and be like, right. Say method wise, how can we actually make this work? Hmm. Yeah. So there was a really interesting thing that, um, Louis de Matos said to me, uh, and in fact, he said it at the YMC. And I've, I've always thought about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is the really simplest and truest thing to say when it comes to creating a trick. He says, your magic either has to solve a problem or just be completely awesome. So in, in, in this sense, like you either solve a problem by giving a man more money, like you make money appear. Like that's the logical thing to do when you're in a bank and a trick form. So that is solving a problem. The problem is he hasn't got much money solution you've magically made him have more money the other option is that it just has to be completely awesome this could be where you then take the pencil make it go through the bank card and then turn into a rubber on the other end or something that is it, it, it accomplishes nothing like you're not solving a problem however it's awesome so then so that is it's a really interesting way of looking at tricks and then when it comes to if you ever film for yourself online you need to really think about that. It's like, how much am I solving problems? How much am I just doing really cool stuff? Because if it is just really cool stuff, then I think, I think it le le uh, loses its novelty, as it were, of being cool because you're sort of not accomplishing anything. You're just showing off. Whereas if all you're doing is solving problems, then I, do I actually maybe that's a better one. Uh, I think that's okay. But then again, you sometimes need that awesome factor to keep people engaged. So it's, I think it's really important to sort of look at both of those sides and see how you can uh, either accomplish both or do a bit of each rather than just just doing awesome tricks or just doing problem solving tricks. You know, just yeah. a just a thought there. No, brilliant, mate. Uh, you know, we, we I could, and I think we have uh, at times, just sat and, and chatted opinions on creating magic and stuff. And I just wanted to have that as a part of this podcast because when I think of creative magicians, you're definitely one that pops into my mind. So it's awesome to... Uh, to speak that with you mate and um there you go so now you're you're gonna go and create a trick with a rubber 
with yeah. a razor coin, a bank card, and <laughs> there'll be a there'll be a release out next week, guys. Uh, look out for that. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be called pencil, a razor coin, bank card, and it's going to be phenomenal. Just get ready for it. Just get ready for it. Lovely. All us listeners will take uh, you know will take some credit from it as well. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, one percent, <laughs> everyone. Yes. So uh, I always do a couple of questions uh, which are the same. And I always, you know, I love, I love this section because I get to find out your opinion on it. The cool. first one is Magic Room 101. So are you familiar with the show? Room I, uh, yeah, big fan of the show. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So I've just put the word magic in front of it because everyone has a magic room or magic draw. So original oh, thinking. There. We've yeah. literally got Magic Draws 101 is uh, what you're saying. No, I totally <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah. Actually, maybe that's what I should re, uh, rename it. Magic Draws 101. Um, <laughs> Everyone knows that's been listening uh, that my one that I put in is uh, that guy that says, you know, can, can you make my wife disappear? Uh, I always you have to do that fake laugh after them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's original. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and last week I put in uh, spending gimmicked coins like Coin Unique and, uh, and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, been there. Been there. Spent a double head coin. <laughs> so someone out there is doing a flipper coin and losing every time or winning. Could be the <laughs> So what would you put in and why, Tom? So I'm guessing I can't actually put in an individual person. Okay, right. Uh, no, it's a well, joke. I, I mean, you can. <laughs> we, we love a little bit of controversy. But you can imagine. Like... People listen to this like, oh, he seems like an okay guy. Oh, wait, he's just <laughs> being a bully now. Right, okay, no, none of that. None of that. I'll put myself in there for being so horrible. Right, um, oh, <laughs> what, what really annoys me about the magic? Do what? Uh, what, what, God, what? There's, I think there's... I'll be honest, I'm quite a content guy. I don't really get annoyed that often about things. Uh, but then I guess if there is something, I think it's... Um, it's, it's not, I, don't, I don't even know what this is, but then uh, I, I feel like there's too many magicians these days hmm. trying to be famous rather than good. Uh, okay, and yeah. do what, there's nothing wrong with having ambitions to be famous, by the way. That, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Totally fine. And do what? I really hope if you're listening to this and you want your own TV show, I hope you absolutely smash it. But just remember, there's so much work that goes into it. And do you know what? we did a, um, they, there was a magic consultant talk at Blackpool and uh, that Ross Stevens set up. Uh, this was not last year, the year before. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea of it was, he, he told me, was to try and tell people that there's more that goes into TV than you think. Because uh, I feel like a lot of magicians shoot down TV magicians very quick. And you have no idea. In the politest way, the majority of magicians have no idea what goes into making a TV show. They, have, they literally look at it and go, oh, he just did an invisible deck thing. <laughs> no, no. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what it's like working with those producers. You don't know, understand all the location issues, all the camera issues, all the edit issues, yeah. like all the budgeting issues. There's so much that goes into it. And so, in fact, let, I'm going to be more specific. Actually, I don't think... I'm going to take back what I said before. The thing I want to go into room 101 mm-hmm. is magicians that overly criticize magic shows. There we go. That don't work on magic shows. There we go. Yeah. And that's such a specific thing. That's such a specific thing just for people like me who work on the shows and then hear people <laughs> talk about them. And I go, you have no idea, mate. You have no idea. Basically, all I'm yeah. saying is a lot more work goes into them than you may think. Is, uh, yeah. Definitely. But yeah. I know that's a, very, that's a very specific thing. It's rather than a generic... Uh, thing that we will have to go through i'm doing that for my own selfish reasons i just want you all to know how i really feel <laughs> and the pain when people shoot down the tricks you've been working hard on oh. 
but yeah, yeah. but uh, no I, I totally get it you know that um and i say a few years ago i was naive to it as well you know until you actually find out <laughs> what does go into it um same like the, i remember like when i was part of ymc like as a kid you go i've just seen david blaine do the buyout coin i could do that no you can't no mm. you can't do that you have no idea now i realize like you have no idea you have yeah. no idea there's so many things so many things but you know so, hey. so maybe it needs to be that uh actually magicians just need to be educated a bit more maybe because it's not that easy to get access to that sort of information. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. I totally get your point and I agree with your point. And I might just sit it on the fence of Room 101 because I think if more knowledge was out there for, for people, then uh, they would probably, uh, they wouldn't be so critical so quickly. Mm. No, 100%, 100%. You know? Yeah. Great yeah. answer, though, mate. It's a, it's a very specific answer. Sorry about that to everyone. Uh, it's levitating in room 101. It's not quite down in there because I think that once people uh, get the knowledge, they will appreciate the time and effort that goes into... into time, and effort, work, like, yeah. yeah. Love it. Oh, brilliant, man. There we Weird. go. So uh, that was a great answer. I love that. So the, the next one that I always do is recommend me free. Now, everyone has their own favourites and... From doing this podcast so far i've been able to look into what's been suggested and i've already found a couple of things that i now use so uh recommend me free is one book one dvd or download and one standalone effect that i should be looking at right okay that you should be should be that you don't currently already look at okay okay this is a good question i'll, I'll start off with the books just because uh, part of the young generation, we get told off a lot for not reading a lot of books, and that is true. I am very much a visual learner, and I don't read many books. And I do apologise. I know there's listeners getting very angry right now at me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the the, the books I do really, really, really love are just like the Paul Harris's True Astonishments. That they're, they're just mm. I, it's it's because they're such it's sort my street from the fact that they're quirky ideas. That I think they're as they're so quirky they're actually easier to understand in a book. Unlike when you're trying to learn like a certain sleight of hand move or certain card routine. Uh, personally, they just sort of card routines, learning them in a book, it just doesn't grip me. And I, I really struggle to stick with it. But mm. um, the Art of Astonishment books are, are great. And uh, is it, the, yeah, the Dunninger's Encyclopedia, all that sort of stuff where there's all the images that really like can inspire me. I, I know it's, I know it's bad that I don't read so much, but the, the images and the quirky ideas really do inspire me more than anything else. So oh, exactly the same, mate. And I have both of those sets you've just said, and I, I completely agree with you. It's uh, I'm a visual learner more than I am probably. If it's a page full of text, I, I can't take it in as easy as I can if I've got the images with it, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I just find it way more inspiring. I, I mean... I don't want my love for magic to die out because I've been forced to read a magic book. Like, yeah. you know, uh, if you don't enjoy it, don't read it. And there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with people not enjoying reading. I think that's, we're all different and that's absolutely yeah. fine. Um, so my, my book recommendations of that, well, would be them just because it's got the visualness and the quirkiness and I love quirky and I love visual stuff. Yeah. Um, DVD right. release, Conscious Magic, I'd say. Ram Pink and Andrew Gerard. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, I actually had the utmost pleasure to work with Gerard last year with Keith Barry in Ireland. And um, 
he's just so good. He's very good. You, you would say a trick idea and he would say the best way to perform that trick. He, he just, it just, it was, it's just second nature to him. And um, he kind of gave me the collection and it is, yeah, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's just, it's how your magic should be if you could really do magic, you yeah. know? It, so, it's one of those sets as well that, um, you know, there was a time where people were trying to cram in as many product, as many tricks into one DVD. So you get 14 effects, da, 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 this is what it is. And that came out, Conscious Magic. And I think each DVD has like three or four effects on it. It's um, the perfect amount, isn't it? It's just like, you're, you're you, you, instead of getting, um, instead of getting 10 effects where you perform one, yeah, you get three effects and you perform all three. Exactly. It, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. No filler. Yeah. No, no filler, which we, which we like. Do you know, and I find that a lot in lectures, by the way. There's so much like filler. And yeah. that's why I really enjoyed doing our, our lecture together on the, at the table, just because I just wanted to try and throw in as many ideas as possible, have as much fun, as much creative. Yeah. I, I, I don't like being uh, f filled up. That, sound, that sounded weird. <laughs> that sounded very weird for like filler stuff. Um, brilliant. Uh, I'll, I'll make that as a soundbite. That'd be great. That, yeah, brilliant. That, that's like, hey, guys, don't forget to listen to the podcast. I like being filled up. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, if it gets a listener, you know I'm game. It's fine. You know? <laughs> oh, brilliant! And then so that leaves um, uh, what was it? The standalone effect that standalone. you probably okay. always perform. Or uh, do what? That I can't say what the trick is, but there's a trick that ah, oh, I just shouldn't. I don't know why I'd say that. Do you know when those magicians do those things like oh, I've got something, but I can't tell you, and you go, yeah, all yeah. right, well, don't bother mentioning it. I was about to do one of them. I was about to do one of them, but I'm just going to shout out the name. You kind of did. I'm, <laughs> shout out, I'm just going to shout out Robert Pound's name now, because that's what I was going to talk about. He's got the most phenomenal effect. And I've been trying to, myself and multiple magicians, have been trying to convince him for years to release it. And I don't know what, I don't know all the bad stuff that's come from this whole pandemic. One of the good things is, he said to me mid-pandemic, he's going to release it. And I'm going to make sure he sticks to that, because it's phenomenal. Um, but sorry about that. I shouldn't even mention it, because now I'm annoying everyone, because they don't. Not even saying what it is, but apart from that, I'd say trick that I—I I mean, you can't—I mean, I'm sure everyone has said loops. You can't go wrong with them, can you? Like, I take them everywhere I go. I don't but, think uh, anyone, anyone has said that yet, actually. What? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe because it's such an easy answer. I'm cheating the system. I'm cheating the system. I shouldn't do that. I'm no, not at all. There's no right answer. This is your answer. So, like, what, what would you? What's your go-to thing to do with a loop then? My go-to thing to do with the loop. Uh, to us, it would be very much impromptu whatever's around me. If there's a fork, it'd be a moving fork routine. If it's a straw, I'll float the straw. If it just has to be levitating a girl's uh, bit of hair, I'll do that. Because, of course, a lot of times, well, I say a lot of the times, a lot of times before I was in lockdown, when I was in a, a club and stuff, the most common things would be like a straw or, you know, a toothpick or a stirrer, and it'd be stuff with that. And I think, I think it's really important when, when we go out day to day, I mean, for myself this is I, I don't I don't want people to look at me and be like oh he's a weird magician I don't want that I want to be Tom I'm just Tom and then when one of my mates <laughs> goes to someone and goes oh my mate's a magician I go oh yeah I am but yeah and they go oh please show us something I'll go oh well, I haven't got I, I don't want them to know that I've I'm well prepared for that situation that every single day I leave my house 
I'm thinking that I'm going to have to perform a trick and I've got a loop on my wrist. I don't, I don't want them thinking that. Otherwise, they will think I'm an absolute loser, which I am. I just don't want them to think it. Uh, right. So the thing about loops is that the fact that I could just be like, oh, I haven't really got any. What have you got? You've, what have you, you've got a straw? Can I borrow it? I'll, I'll try. I'll just try something a little bit quirky, and then you make it float. And it's, it's you don't mm. get better. You don't get better for the, for that person. You've just done that completely impromptu. I think any magic that feels impromptu, you're, you're a real magician. You're yeah. not doing tricks. Yeah. Great answer, mate. Yeah, brilliant. Well, yeah, fantastic. Three brilliant answers there. And um, that noise was my dog shaking its collar. So I'll just put that out there. <laughs> That's yeah. fun. I, lo I love a good doggy. Oh, I wish I had a dog. She does it. She literally tries to, um, you know, heckle me on most podcasts. And <laughs> I, I normally try to edit it out, but kind of, but now I'm just acknowledging she's okay. here and uh, that's what that noise was. So there you go. Just accepting the fact you're like, eh, eh. <laughs> that's she the knows, From near the end, she'll go, oh, just give a little shake there. There you go. Um, uh, so we are coming towards the end, Tom. Um, right at the end here, I want to find out a bit more what is coming from you. So if people are, interested in looking at your style of magic you've got lots of magic on the market where can people look and get hold of it and what is coming from you in the future oh uh, yeah so i've got a few like um <clears throat> a few releases out with murphy such as they're called space well, to us if i was to recommend one trick for anyone it, it's uh, it's called space time it's a moving hole trick i'm really proud of it i've been doing it years myself and it's really easy to do and that's what i tried to do i tried to make visuals that are really easy to do so you can focus more on your performance um, however, in future, I've got a lot planned with Illusionist. Uh, they've been really nice to me and we've been sorting out some really cool projects. And in fact, we're going to be filming something today, hopefully, which is exciting. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, if you're, if, you're interested in, if you're interested in visual magic that is like TV magic, but you could do it yourself and you don't have to worry about tricky sleight of hands and you could just focus on your performance, check out my stuff. And it's most likely going to be on Illusionist in future. We've got a lot of stuff planned of course there's been a slight hiccup to the whole schedule due to the pandemic but that's out of the way now we're moving on from that it's uh big things to come big things to come that's awesome mate. and if people wanted to follow you on certain places um facebook instagram yeah facebook instagram snapchat twitter all that jazz uh tiktok as well for any of the cool kids if that still exists i don't know there's news at the moment that's shutting down who knows who knows oh, really um, yeah weird weird it's just um on all, all social media platforms, it's always Tom Elderfield. So my name uh, and you'll find me. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you so much for your time. Mate. I've, I've had a blast and I hope to get you back on this podcast at some time in the future. Brilliant. Uh, Sounds good to me. <laughs> you're a good man. Good luck with everything you do and uh, I hope to see you soon. Ladies and gents, that was Tom Elderfield. So there we have it, another fantastic episode in my opinion. Some really good detailed advice there and some great sort of inspiration for creating magic really. So huge thank you goes to Tom. Uh, I know later on that day he was off filming a new project. He's always thinking ahead and creating new magic. And I urge you to go and check out his Instagram. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and start at the bottom. You'll see his magic. Uh, it, it's just very different. Uh, so there you have it. That was Tom Elderfield. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you or you will hear me next week on the Loosely Speaking podcast.